Hello, it's Trina. Welcome to part two of our special innovation mini series. Um, as a reminder, the Innovation Lab was part of an initiative to support the ingenuity and creativity and resourcefulness of black parents, really investing in black black brilliance, black thinking, black parents overall. Um who have literally birthed the future generations of blackness. And so through this initiative, we were able to select fellows and provide funding and wraparound support to the parents who were fellows. Um, and they were invited to apply in various buckets of parent of liberations work, which includes healing, learning, and community. And throughout this series, you'll be hearing clips from the fellows when they spoke at our innovation celebration in real time. But you'll also be hearing me in dialogue with some of the innovation fellows in the podcast. So for our first clip, I'm going to share a little bit with you all from Brittany Craig, who innovated Universe Journals, and U is spelled Y-O-U, Universe Journals. And the beautiful thing about Brittany is that she was really intentional about the social-emotional connection and learning, not only for the young people in our lives, but for us as the adults. Um, I really appreciate the way Brittany um, moved through the innovation cycle. Um, some would say that she failed or failed forward, but that's really all the innovation is about. It's about trying a thing, testing it. If it doesn't work, how do you shift it? How do you learn from the mistake? Well, it's not even really a mistake, right? How do you learn from the experience, right? And how do you have a new iterative process? And how do you create a new design based on your learnings? And so I really appreciate that Brittany started with an idea to have a game um, and and also, the game is not over, right? Like, Brittany still can come around and do the game idea. Um, but I want y'all to really think about in our lives um, how important it is that even when we feel like we fail, that we actually learn and have the opportunity to shift um, and to try something new and to take the learnings to inform the next thing. So if you've ever felt like, oh, this was my idea and it wasn't it wasn't the right thing, that sometimes you need to take a couple of steps back. And so what Brittany did was that she looked at what was the core learning that she wanted to try to solve for what was the core problem she was solving for and really it was about that intimate connection that heart connection it was about the intimacy and the emotional connection and then she took it a step back again to say well I can't do that necessarily with someone just yet first I have to do my own inner work and so just thinking about the work that we do at Parenting for Liberation and thinking about how we as black parents, before we can begin to do the work of parenting, how do we reparent ourselves? How do we look at our inner child and provide it the love, the support, and the grace that is needed? And so I hope you enjoyed listening to Brittany's innovation idea um, and thinking about why this is so important for you and your children, right? Um, if you're interested in her journals, um, I'll put her info um, online in our website. Um, but yeah, really thinking about how do we use writing and expression as a way to connect deeper with ourselves. Um, and so when we look at data, right, according to the Journal of Creativity and Mental Health, expressive writing helps children process and reflect on difficult emotions and make sense of life events and understand themselves better. So shout out to Brittany for starting with this game idea to play and really 
teasing it down and doing through the innovation process and cycle and the model was able to get some clarity about the importance of meditation and self-reflection and deep self-awareness um, and taking that time with ourselves so that we can show up wholly into our relationships with not only ourselves but with our children and with our community so shout out to you Brittany craig and your incredible innovation universe journals hi everyone i'm Brittany. it's nice to see everyone today um, I'm the creator of Universe Journals, so I'm going to get started on my story before I tell you about these journals. Um, so raise your hands if you've ever, if you have had the perfect relationship with your parents and children. Look around. You, okay. And then, or caregivers and children, if you've had the perfect relationship. Now raise your hands if you've ever had a difficult relationship with parents and children. All right. Don't feel bad. You're just like all 10 of the people that I interviewed um, for this project, they all said the same thing, that emotional intimacy was, was and often still is missing from their relationships with their parents. I realized that my peers and I had this glaring experience in common. In fact, my relationship with my mother and our journey together is what inspired me to embark on this great and noble quest. I know what you're thinking. Isn't that a line from Shrek? For years, I, I yearned for a best friend relationship with my mother. Instead, we were more like the image on the right. I didn't feel like I could trust her with my inner world, and I felt like my difficult experiences with her bled into all of my adult relationships. Over the past few years, she and I mended our relationship, and I wondered how we as, but I wondered how we as a community could prevent these issues in the first place. Oh. Beginning this fellowship, to answer the question how we might use play to help parents and children develop healthy emotions, emotional connections. I figured play would be the most effective way to create change since studies shows that learning helps, learning happens significantly faster when learning, learners are having fun. So my goal was to create a game that would make emotional bonding a light and fun experience for school-aged children and their parents. I designed a game called Subkid a card deck based game meant to foster deep emotional connection and vulnerability among family members. After spending hours upon hours researching, prototyping, interviewing, playtesting, it was clear that while close to my heart and enthusiastically supported by my community, the game was a better idea than it was in practice. During playtesting, participants found the game a little bit more awkward than fun and parents found themselves leaving out information in areas where they hadn't worked on their emotional healing. Children found the more emotional questions boring and difficult to answer. So I was back to the drawing board. After some deep reflection, follow-up interviews, and looking over the research, it suddenly hit me. A step in the process was missing. Although most people felt their parents did the best they could, no one got their healing from their parents. In fact, in my own story, my mother wasn't the source of my ability to find connection with her. My mother and I found resolution through our own inner work. We had each discovered the power to change our internal realities so that we could live more fulfilled lives and relationships. I made a complete shift in my project's objective. Black parents are living with emotional blockages while raising families. What we need are the tools to activate our own emotional and social agency 
so that we can improve our opportunity for connection with our children. To support this new mission, I created three journals, each with different but connected purposes. The Universe Meditation Journal is an easy-to-use journal which introduces people to the power of daily meditation. It provides a dedicated space for exploring new ways of tackling the daily challenges of life through intention setting and quiet introspection. SUPKID is now a journal for children to connect with their emotions. Before we can learn to share our emotions with others, we learn to share them with ourselves. This journal gives children a head start on exploring their feelings and what meanings they make of them. The final journal is called Your Vision Board Goes Here. This is an agency and confidence building journal that encourages family members to find the power within themselves to create the life that they want. It includes a step-by-step -step process for working through some of the limitations we confront when trying to take control of our own destinies. My hope is that black families find these book useful, books useful in transforming their relationships with themselves, others, and life as a whole. After the program, come to the back of my table, at my table, and participate in a little fun activity with me. Thank you. Raising black children in the United States can be really scary. And as a black mother, I realized I was parenting from fear. And I wanted to make a commitment to Parent for Liberation. You are listening to Parenting for Liberation podcast. And I am your host, Trina Green-Brown. Each month, I'm joined by other black parents and we discuss our own journeys to push past our fears so that we can raise our beautiful black children to be whole, free, and liberated. Wake up everybody, no more sleep. Hey y'all, this is Trina. Welcome to our second episode on innovation. On this episode, we speak with Nadira Ade and who discusses her innovation, which is the Me Bank, which I love. I can't wait for y'all to hear about it. I was able to get a prototype version of it in my hands early, and it's amazing. Um, Nadira is a mother, writer, storyteller, funny bone tweaker, and committed devotee of conscious parenting and partnership. She has worked and served in conscious and spiritual organizations throughout the California Bay Area in fields ranging from diversity, equity, and inclusion to public ceremony and ritual. Nadir is also a sacred sensualist and founder of the Green Purse Society, teaching her clients to heal their resource wounds and transform their relationship with money from one of stress and anxiety to confidence and empowered pleasure. Welcome to the podcast, Nadira. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I am too. Um, oh my gosh, it's been a month since I've seen you, but really excited to have you on the podcast to share about your innovation experience and also tell us all about your innovative idea and what you were able to prototype. So let's start there. What Absolutely. is the Me Bank and what inspired you to create it? So the Me Bank is a self-care oracle. It's an oracle for caregivers. And initially, um, it was, uh, I guess, specifically directed towards moms. Uh, when I was first conceiving of the idea, I was feeling very aware of how drained and depleted I always feel and felt. Um, in the journey of becoming a new mother and then becoming a mother again. And it was a common conversation that I was having um, 
with friends in their experiences as well. And in the process of doing the innovation, we were encouraged and inspired to expand our thinking beyond the initial uh, target group that we had been considering. And so I went beyond that to think about other people who were also having this experience of uh, caring for others, caring for children and uh, caring for loved ones and in need of some recharge and um, nurturing and nourishment. Hmm. Thanks for sharing about your experience and telling us a little about your personal experience and what, what inspired you, um, this, I, this not even an idea, the facts. It's not an idea. The facts that black parents are depleted, um, that we need space for care and for respite. Um, and oftentimes we're expected to do all the things. And I hear you saying you came in with the idea to do this specifically for black moms or black mothers um, and was encouraged to like think more expansively about who could benefit from um an oracle that's about care um, and mm-hmm. nurturing ourselves and taking time for ourselves. And so appreciate the, you know, the communal space around thinking about expansiveness in terms of like gender expansiveness, but also thinking about for parents of liberation, when we talk about parents, it's about those who provide care and nurturing labor. Um, and it might not always be a biological mother, you know, so appreciate you like being willing to like lean into like that very expansive, you know, idea. Mm-hmm. And it was it was actually um, it was uncomfortable to realize how many people I had not considered when we were um, having that conversation um, by drilling it down just to black mothers. But in the process of thinking more expansively and opening up to other communities, I noticed that I was seeing ways that caregiving shows up in so many more um, places than my own personal experience or the experiences of, you know, the small group of people that I was initially thinking of and and speaking with. And then I felt this amazing connection to so many other people who we are, uh, (laughs) it's a hard connection because we're, uh, collectively tired and under-resourced in how we're caring for people, Uh, But it also invited some creativity to think about how we can uh, collaborate and we can think about um, ways that we can tag team and support one another and um, plug into communities that maybe we haven't been a part of thus far. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for bringing up one of the core pillars or principles of the innovation design cycle, which is radical collaboration. Right. It, It takes you being in relationship um, and connecting with folks who you might, th- you know, think not think of initially. So thanks for tapping into that and expanding who you collaborated with. So now that you think about your project in this expansive way, not only just black moms, but black dads, black queer parents, um, black parents who are non-binary, black parents are caregivers who are not biological parents. They might be, you know, kinship caregivers or we even think about grandparents or we think about those who are in the sandwich generation who are not only caring for their children but caring for their elders right when you think about all those who are providing care and black folks why is this project this idea um so important the me bank in particular why is it so important to black families Mm -hmm. um so the first thing that i have to say is uh my foundational belief is that pleasure is 
an earthly birthright. We come here to be in these bodies to experience life and the world in a way that we cannot when we are navigating just in spirit. So that's one. Uh, and then one of the things that I saw and that I heard from others um, was how easy it is for us to end up on the back burner. And there's always so much that is necessary and needed when we are caring for others. And it can be very easy to feel that the basics of caring for ourselves are frivolous or luxuries, and I say that in quotes, but when we are taking care of others and not caring for ourselves, eventually we get to a point where we are depleting ourselves and life is draining. And um, we can't pour from an empty cup. We all know that, we've all heard that, but putting it into practice and action is uh, really challenging when you have a little person calling your name or you have a senior person that you're caring for who um, needs you urgently. Everything can feel more urgent and we can wait. And the Me Bank is an opportunity for us to not have to wait. Um, I wanted to create something that was a little something we can do every day. And it's a rotating something. That's why it's an Oracle deck so that between you and spirit, you can pull a card and the thing that you haven't been doing might just pop up and give you an opportunity to create some space in your life for yourself. And it doesn't mean that you have to run away and disappear, you know, go off to the spa, go off on vacation. Those are wonderful. But this is a way for you to expand and create some space in your life for yourself. Mm. You are speaking to me right now, honey, how much I need that and needed to hear that and need to be reminded of that, which is why I appreciate the deck because it could be sitting somewhere near you at all times. It could be at your desk at work. It could be in your purse. It could be in your bag. It's bright and yellow and beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. And so it appeals to you. And every time you flip over a card, it's a it's a it's a reminder to kind of invest in yourself and invest time in ourselves. Um, and we have, you know, been on this current kind of, I don't want to say trend, but I feel like it's become trendy to talk about self-care. Um, mm -hmm. But really that quote that everyone quotes and references oftentimes by Audre Lorde, that caring for ourselves is not self-indulgence, it's self-preservation. And that's an mm -hmm. act of political warfare. I really think about it as... It is a radical act for black people to care for ourselves and to rest, especially mm -hmm. in America. We were not brought here for that purpose, right? Absolutely. And so when you talk about our divine purpose, right, um, around pleasure as a birthright, right, beyond what systemic white supremacy colonization has intended for us, beyond that, deeper than that is what um, is intended for us, which is to take care of ourselves, to be well, to be whole, to be fed and nourished in our spirits and our bodies. And so I appreciate you creating this and making it accessible, right? Because sometimes self-care seems like this lofty vision and goal that is not accessible, right? Like I don't mm -hmm. have the resources to do it for some people 
or I don't have the time to do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I got this five minutes before I pick up my kid, or I got this seven minutes before the laundry is done, right? And I know that we shouldn't be squeezing in self-care in those, like, tight, tiny ways, but I feel like your deck is an opportunity to begin practicing it in those small ways so that when you practice something so often, it becomes um, a conscious repetitive act. It becomes something that becomes like a practice that you can do on a daily basis. It becomes like a way of being. So I appreciate this tool. Also, it brings to your awareness the things that you might already be doing, but you might be doing them in the mindset of, oh, it's drudgery. So your shower is a thing that maybe you do on a daily basis, but if you can add some time to moisturize your body. I made up a song for my son yesterday about how you got to moisturize your melanin. And then he was singing about melanin for the rest of the night. I don't even remember it because it was just a little thing. Moisturize your melanin. (laughs) Moisturize your melanin. You got to moisturize your melanin. (laughs) Right? But no, that is a care practice. A moment of joy and shared beauty. Um, but if if we can change our mindset about the things that we're already doing, then we can start bringing that spirit, what the me bank is, um, what I'm striving to do and what what I think we're all striving to do when we're talking about getting rest, taking care of ourselves, nurturing and nourishing ourselves is is shifting our mindset. So we're coming back into our bodies in a joyful and pleasurable and connected and sacred kind of way, which, you know, our bodies have been um, sites of terror and um, harm in a lot of ways, in very targeted um, and deliberate ways. And so this is part of that transformation and that shifting that I feel is really timely and so many of us are working on right now. Our bodies can be soft and welcoming and easy and flowing and smooth you know and celebratory Mm, and moisturized and moisturized yeah no but that's beautiful um it's just beautiful to hear that you're also engaging with your kids around it so I can also see the me bank being like it's for me but also like when we practice things you know I used to hear like do as I say, not as I do. But this is actually a thing that you can practice for you and then your kids can do it as well. And they might mm-hmm. see the transformation in you. Like, oh, I notice when she pulled that yellow card, she'd be mm-hmm. a little gentler. She breathed mm-hmm. a little different, you know. Um, and so just thinking about how it could be a tool not only for the self but for the collective. But knowing that, you know, it's about starting with ourselves first. Yeah. Absolutely. So when you saw the application and Dreamteenth come around for this innovation lab situation, what yes. what made you want to apply and participate? And as you went through that, you know, very quick, fast paced innovation cycle, what did you learn about yourself? So um, why so did you do thing, it and what did you yes, learn? Yes, why did I do it? So a friend sent it to me um, and it was just before the deadline. And on the one hand, I was very upset that it was just before the deadline because I was thinking if I'd had more time, I could have thought of something even more perfecter and blah, 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 blah. Um, But I'm also really grateful that it was just before the deadline. I think I had 48 hours. um, And what I submitted was an idea I had been pondering on and dreaming of for like 10 years, thinking maybe one day I might create this thing. But when I read the invitation, she said, 
this makes me think of you. It feels like you. And when I read it, I was like, this does feel like me. This feels like um, people I need to be connecting with. And I had already uh, seen and heard some of your work around parenting for liberation. Um, but it was it felt like different worlds coming together in this mm -hmm. one opportunity. And so I was I was like, well, can I swear? <laughs> Do what you want. It's a safe space. Because I I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going into this with like fuck it energy. The worst that can happen is that it's a terrible submission and what I'm trying to convey, I don't manage to convey. Um, and that it cracks y'all up on the, the other side of things. <laughs> That's what I was thinking was the worst that could happen. And then I would never know. Um, but I was like, I'm just going to go for it because something in my spirit was so talking to me. And so um, in those quiet nighttime hours after the babies go to sleep, which I know a lot of us navigate those like middle of the night hours where um, spirit wakes you up. And, you know, it's when a lot of us who are caregiving finally get some, some time and peace to ourselves. Um, I meditated and prayed and I wrote out what spirit wanted me to say. Mm. And then, then the next day I edited it so that it sounded as coherent as I possibly could, um, given the timing and, you know, everything that was happening. Um, and... I can't even communicate like I want to love on you and love on the team right now Aww. because shout out to the team for real just the I work in magical sacred and spiritual settings so I get to support people in creating something that they love that they hope will transform life for others in some way to get to experience being held in the way that I was and that the rest of us were um, in the fellowship by you and by your team and encouraged and motivated along and then dragged through our process <laughs> when we <laughs> were trying to stop and get, you know, caught up in, well, what about this and what about that? It was, it was so beautiful and it was such the thing that the world needs. So there was what was being created in the fellowship, which was a beautiful, magical, wonderful thing. But also what y'all were bringing through is what the world needs. This is how we need to be learning. This is how we need to be creating. We need to be challenging what we think we believe. You know, I think so many of us in the process of navigating life, um, get caught up in ordering from the menu of what we think is possible mm -hmm. rather than really trying to create what we want to see in the world and being radical about it and being outrageous and silly and foolish, you know, and, and doing the things that we've started to believe are impossible. And it felt like you and your team invited us back into that that space. It was playful and joyous and magical and heartfelt and deeply connected to our ancestors and stuff that we have been doing as Black folks for centuries and doing it in a way that it doesn't need to be coming from just our pain or in just trying to navigate a very painful world, you know? It was amazing 
And even all of those words that I just said are not enough to convey the experience and the magic of it. And mm. my gratitude and appreciation for you and whatever called that out of you and your team. Bless you so much for that. Uh, appreciate yeah. that so much and appreciate you applying and saying fuck it. And I, I feel like that energy of fuck it is the same energy that we have in the lab. Um, yeah. And what I think we're saying <laughs> fuck it too is like fuck it to the way it's supposed to be. Fuck mm-hmm. it to the right way, quote unquote. Um, fuck it to the binary thinking. Fuck it to the um, there's only one way, right? Um, fuck it to the self-doubt. Yeah. You know, um, fuck it to patriarchy and white supremacy and all those things that would make us think that we only could do this thing, right? That mm-hmm. that fuck it energy is really about pushing us to believe that there are o- other options and alternatives and we could just imagine it. It could become a reality. Um, and I don't say that in the like very like you could do anything you want. You know, like we I, I, no, genuinely, it takes work. I genuinely mean it and it takes work and you got to roll up your sleeves and you might get dragged a little bit. But it's so possible. Um, so I do mm-hmm. want to say thank you for leaning into that um, because it is challenging. There is a point in every innovation cycle where it's like, you know what? I quit. There is a point for everybody. Did you have that moment? Do you remember it? You're laughing like you I can did. remember it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yes, because there were so many things. So, you know, you sign up for something and there's the thing you hope you're going to learn. And then there's the stuff that you're like, well, I don't really know how to do this. So I'll learn this. But then there's always the thing or things that you never even thought about that come popping up. And they're like, well, but you got to learn this, too. This is part, part of the experience and the journey. And so I was over here, like, learning how to use programs and apps that I had never used before and making requests of people that I would never make asking for help in ways that I wouldn't do and so it it furthered uh, what I was wanting to bring for others in my own work and my own experience I was like oh like I I have to take my own medicine right you're mm-hmm. taking your own medicine as you're bringing your offering yeah, it was it was very funny. And I had a, a couple tantrums along the way where I was like, oh, this isn't what I was trying to learn. <laughs> I did I sign up for this. Um, you know, you're showing you're you're reminding me of like the the personal is the political. Right. I feel like every person, every black parent fellow who came through, came through with an idea that was so sacred and close to them. Um, yeah. And it was often so personal. But we're thinking about doing this personal thing for other people. And sometimes similar to the me bank, we forget ourselves. So we think we're creating this thing for other people. And as you said, sometimes the medicine worker has to take their own medicine. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think that's about that personal transformation that like, you know, you're like, oh, I have to do this, too. Um, So I appreciate you naming that and appreciate you affirming the team. Um, I was so grateful to be able to do this with a group of black um, black innovators in and of them, their own right, you know, um, yeah. and was grateful to have support. Um, before we close out, what is to come for the Me Bank? Mm. 
So there, there are a few different things that feel as though they are emerging. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is the possibility of uh, the MeBank in a digital format. Ooh. Although, I, so I like the idea of a digital format because it makes it more accessible, and I really like that. But one of the things I also love about the MeBank in its current iteration is that it's tangible, and the cards are so juicy, and they feel so good when you touch them. And so I, I do want to keep that element of the, the sensual and pleasurable um, component to it. Um, but another thing that, that has emerged is uh, the possibility of it expanding beyond uh, the parenting caregivers and having cards that are for people who are caregivers in general. Uh, because a thing that I've been learning as a result of uh, personal family experiences is and conversations that I've had with others is that rates of Alzheimer's uh, amongst Black folks are double uh, the rate of uh, white Alzheimer's patients. Mm. And so my grandmother has been dealing with Alzheimer's and my grandfather had Alzheimer's and another grandmother had Alzheimer's and another loved one. And so this conversation has been emerging um, around the caregivers who are taking care of them and how they might benefit from the me bank because that's a very physically arduous experience to care for someone as they are in their end of life journey. And it's also very emotionally arduous as well. And so I'm thinking about expanding to there. Hmm. That um, that would be a sacred offering for those folks. I know folks yeah. who've had to care for folks who are, um, who are going through like end of life transitions. Um, I've had to provide care to someone during an end of life transition, and it is such a beautiful and also hard role. It's a sacred yeah. role, and so I think to offer that community. Um, a resource like this that reminds them as they're caring for the for others, you know, who are transitioning that they also have to care for themselves. Or I should have been thinking about that because I was struggling with that as well and feeling the guilt of like wanting to live while you're tra- helping someone else and supporting someone else as they're transitioning and like holding yeah. the complexity of that. So I do think that would be a beautiful offering. And I think of it online would be a beautiful offering. I could see myself with an app boop coming up and swiping and seeing what I get. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all of those offerings are great. Uh, is there somewhere that folks can learn more about you, your work, um, follow you on social media or anything of that nature that you want us to highlight on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is nadiraade.com and my Instagram is uh, at nadiraade and um, yeah, I'm, I'm expanding my, I feel like my feelers are going out into the world. I've gotten this, this taste of, um, of the experience of the innovation lab. And, um, it's made me really excited about other ways to continue connecting and collaborating and being radically juicy out and about in the world and inviting others to do the same. So, 
Uh, for right now, I'm claiming all the Nadira Ade spaces. <laughs> yes, because they are yours. They are yours to be claimed. Well, yes. I wish you all the best. I wish you all the juiciness. I love that. Um, I like to call myself a little saucy, but, you know, juicy, saucy. I yes. like it all. Um, thanks for participating in the Innovation Lab. Thanks for being one of our inaugural fellows. And thanks for the work that you're doing um, to support black parents and caregivers in the most expansive way to continue to center ourselves in our own healing and care. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Trina. And thank you for all the work that you do and the beautiful team that you put together. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting for Liberation. I hope something on this episode will inspire you on your parenting journey. Please like us on all social media at Parenting for Liberation. Until next time, let's get free, y'all.